Welcome back to another episode of Tabletop Tastes, my favorite flavors in board games. Today we'll be taking a big gulp of why refreshing replayability is central to a board game's vitality. My name is Nick Murray, and this is the Bitewing Games Podcast. If board games are like a tall glass of ice water, then replayability is the thirst that keeps me coming back for more gulps. Without that thirst, forcing yourself to drink more water or replay a board game can be tough to do. It's important for a game to introduce unique wrinkles, dynamics, or challenges to keep the experience refreshing. Lack of replayability is one of the most common causes of death in my collection. It's like the heart disease of board gaming. It can go easily undetected through the marketing, reviews, and initial plays all the way until play 2 or 5 or 10 comes around and suddenly the game just keels over and dies right on the table. Usually the symptoms come on mid-game when you find yourself far less engaged than before, experiencing deja vu from previous plays. Let's explore some of the ways that games have succeeded and failed at fighting this disease. One of my first board game conventions was at Origins in Columbus, Ohio. During this convention, I had the chance to sit down and play a full game of Crusaders, Thy Will Be Done. I was quickly swept up in the fancy production and novel mechanism of using a Mancala-style rondelle to build up and execute actions. This cyclical puzzle is combined with a more standard player board engine builder that allows players to travel across the map and claim territories and bonuses with increasingly more powerful actions. The novel experience was further enhanced by simple rules, brisk pacing, and a surprisingly succinct playtime. From that one play, I was eager to enjoy Crusaders more, so I brought home my own copy. We proceeded to play it only three more times over the course of a year. And despite the huge stretches of time between plays, I couldn't quite find the refreshment I was looking for. The problem was that every game felt like it had played out in basically the same way. Anything you do earns you points, and the map is too wide open for opponents to get in each other's ways. By the time I logged my fourth play, I was already tired of retreading the same path. Another engine builder that is still going strong, even after more plays, is Roll for the Galaxy and Race for the Galaxy. This game is packed with a wide variety of paths and challenges thanks to the emerging planets and technologies that come from a huge draw pile. This game also provides several core strategies you can select to build up a point generator. Race and Roll for the Galaxy force their players to develop their strategies and adapt on the fly as cards come out or tiles emerge and dice are rolled. You're constantly weighing the relative value of your options against each other, deciding where to commit your resources and actions, and developing a unique tableau of benefits. Thus, one play has never felt like another. These refreshing sessions are what keep me coming back for more, while the lack of refreshment can quickly get a game booted from my collection. Pendulum and Calico are two such games that quickly lost their luster for me, despite having strong starts. Both games initially presented interesting and engaging challenges. The problem was that these challenges remained static from one play to the next. Pendulum's test is all about finding the most efficient route through the unchanging game board. 
While unique player maps may start at different strategic locations, their optimal paths seem to always merge very early in the game to make for a samey experience. Being a low interaction and low variance game, with enough practice the puzzle begins to feel solvable. Calico likewise had us quickly finding our strategic niche. It doesn't provide enough reasons for one to budge from an optimal strategy, and thus began to feel stale over time. Plays 1 and 2 were fresh, interesting, and thinky. Play 3 felt no different from the first two. The problem is that I felt I had maximized my skill potential in this solitaire game about constructing quilts and attracting cats to your quilts. And any future plays will simply be retreading the same ground. You'll notice that all three games that lacked replayability at my table share a common thread. They provide minimal player interaction. All three games see players living in their own little worlds, with heads down and brains steaming as they strive to calculate and execute the most efficient plays. Rarely do you have a reason to care about what others are up to. Opponents merely serve as occasional inconveniences to your own plans. Bumps in the unchanging road, rather than major factors that cause massive detours or major shifts in one's strategy and tactics. When the challenge boils down to player versus game, the design carries all of the burden of keeping things interesting and fresh from one play to the next. Without plenty of variable tricks up its sleeve or dynamic effects within mechanisms, it's all too easy for a solitaire game to quickly feel solvable. Speaking of solitaire solvability, I've seen one saucy game solve this problem far better than any other. That game is my city. Indeed, one of my top games of 2020 and my all-time favorite polyomino game. This is how you do multiplayer solitaire. Simultaneous play, evolving legacy style sessions, interesting new challenges layered onto each successive play, providing catch-up mechanisms for those who fall behind in the overall objective while ramping up the difficulty for those who pull ahead. Not once during my 24 plays did I think to myself, well, this is getting a little old. Let us once again take notes from the legendary Dr. Kinesia's work in my city. Of course, I found far more games solve the issue of replayability by simply baking the infinitely dynamic factor of player interaction into the core design. Cutthroat and meaningful player interaction are the reasons why Kalis 1303 and Azul remain on my shelf, while the lack thereof is why Pendulum and Calico quickly left them. I can introduce the former games to different people and instantly have a new challenge of adapting to their unique playstyle. And with experienced players, I have to constantly up my game as we surf the meta of play from one session to the next. As I mentioned in my Tabletop Tastes episode on salty player interaction, a game with high player interaction is a game with high replayability and balance, built right into the core system. One final interesting example to explore is between two games from the same designer, Andreas Stedding. These games are Gugong and Hansa Teutonica. The interesting gift mechanism is where Gugong really shines. In order to take an action at what is essentially a worker placement spot, one must exchange the card at that location with a higher value card in their hand. The numbers go from 1 to 9, and a 9 can only be replaced with a 1. Players must decide the best order and location to play out these cards, and the limitations surrounding how and when you can play them are the beating heart of this clever worker placement game. 
Gugong entices you with a constant stream of good reasons to exchange one gift for another. The action locations, the card actions, the destiny dice, the cards available to claim, the cheap action opportunities, barring other players from an action, and so on. It's an exquisite flow of sneaky cultural corruption across a well-balanced expanse of interesting options. After hearing my enthusiasm for this concept, it may surprise you to also hear that I quickly got rid of Gugong from my collection. My main issue with Gugong is that after only three plays, it started to feel samey to me. By session three, I had dabbled in every strategy that the game offers and determined my personal optimal way to play the game. While my approach to the game is tactical and fluid, I had no reason to change my approach. This considerably dampened my interest in exploring the game further. The second biggest issue is that several of the worker placement action spaces are considerably less interesting than others. These different spaces are essentially multiple minigames globbed together into one larger worker placement game, but some of these minigames don't compare favorably to others. The travel action lacks tension and interaction. It's simply go forward or backward for your next bonus. The jade action lacks heart. It's simply pay cubes for some points. The intrigue action feels dull. It is simply move your marker up a tiebreaker track. Basically, the ship action and the wall action are far more dynamic and interesting, making the others look flat in comparison. Contrast this with something like A Feast for Odin, which has dozens more action spaces that are nearly all enticing and rewarding, and Gugong's disguised issue becomes more apparent. So, if I want to have the most fun with Gugong, I'm stuck with an increasingly stale go-to strategy, and then mixing it up with other strategies results in a less engaging affair. When a game traps me between these two options, I'd much rather just pick a more replayable game, like Mr. Stedding's Hansa Teutonica. With Hansa Teutonica, strategic options are less like the mixed results buffet of Gugong and more like the opportunistic Hunger Games. If many of my opponents are tangled up in the chaotic cornucopia of upgrades, that may be the perfect time for me to stealthily snake my trade network across the board, or lie in wait to pounce on their plans when their backs are turned. Depending on the group dynamics, I can be a trading post point leech, a meddlesome route infesting merchant, an all-powerful ability glutton, or a combination of those things. Yet, these options are not equally weighted. Their effectiveness depends on how long players allow the game to go. It's much better to gun for the upgrades when you expect to have enough late game turns for your meaty engine to pay off. With each new play of Hansa Teutonica, I find myself better able to read the game state and adapt accordingly. Yet, my regular gaming group improves their abilities as well. Thus, the punches and counterpunches are ever evolving. Far more than Gugong, Hansa is a game whose depth increases with its player's experience. The thrill of new challenges, the engagement of evolving narratives, the joy of unexpected discoveries. These are the elements that keep a tabletop game refreshingly replayable. Yet there are still plenty of games worth trying, even when they have a very obvious and limited lifespan, especially when they are the best in their genre. So tune in next time for Tabletop Taste number 15, Savage Spoilers. This concludes another episode of Tabletop Tastes, my favorite flavors in board games. 
If you're looking for more refreshingly replayable games, let me offer you two suggestions based on some of my most played board games. First is The Crew, The Quest for Planet Nine. This is the only game in my entire collection that has reached the 100 plays mark. Now that was much easier to accomplish compared to most of my games because each play only lasts 5 or 10 minutes. Regardless, we've gotten a crap ton of mileage out of the crew. This is a cooperative trick-taking game where communication is limited and the 50 scenarios are engaging and exciting. You can check out my review of this game on our blog at bywinggames.com. My second suggestion is Pax Pamir 2nd Edition. This is a strategy game that I have played nearly a dozen times and at every player count. This is one that always unfolds in dramatically unique ways from one session to the next. The card market in this game feels like a bottomless well of opportunities. Combine that with the highly interactive politicking and you have a box that will never grow stale in your collection. If you and one to four other gamers are looking for a meaty experience to really sink your teeth into, then Pax Premier 2nd Edition is mind-blowingly excellent. May you continue to find refreshment from the tabletop games on your shelf. My name is Nick Murray, and this is the Bytewing Games Podcast. <laughs>